0: Hi, this is Bruce Buffer and you're listening to the Brots and Beard podcast. Hello tailgaters, welcome back to the Brots and Beers podcast. We are excited to bring you another incredible interview guest today. We have an American sprinter that has won 5 Olympic gold medal, or a, I'm sorry, five Olympic medals, including the gold medal in the 2,400 meter dash and 12 world championship medals. In 2015, he ran a 9.74 meter dash, which is quicker than this introduction. Tailgaters, please help me welcome U.S. Olympic legend Justin Gatlin, whoop, Woo. Whoop, yeah, take those five gold medals too while we yeah. out. <laughs> I, I gotta send those over to you now. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining us today. It's truly an honor to have you uh, have you here. And uh, I believe I, I think if Wikipedia was correct, I think you won a total of twenty total medals throughout your career so far. Is that correct? This I is
1: probably correct. I've, I've been around okay. too long. To I, remember, <laughs> I, remember, I remember being on IG and one of my fans wrote all of my accolades out, and I was like, Whoa,
0: <laughs> it's time for me to retire! Like, <laughs> this is too much. It's amazing. I'm just looking at everything. I'm like, You've, I feel like you've competed in everything. It's, it's awesome. I did it. I did, yeah. I've done it all, yeah. and
1: that, that's a telltale sign of what's the next step for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> where do you uh where do you keep all your medals? Do you just hand them out or what? <laughs> I keep in this big old
1: vault like Scrooge McDuck, but okay. um, nah. <laughs> I actually keep I actually keep some uh at my house, and then I have some at my parents. My parents have this big old like shrine that's dedicated to my whole career from high school, my first newspaper clipping from high school, all the way up to like like. Fans will send us like, I have this like tote sack that's made out of newspaper, okay. but it's like laminated and it's like, it's, it's pretty cool. It's that's pretty awesome. cool. So there's a lot of cool things in there. You got dirt from the Acropolis. Oh, wow. It has everything. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. What was, uh, what's your favorite, um, like Olympic memory that you've had? Obviously the gold medal is huge. Like I'm sure that's, that's up there, but what, what other ones or does anything else stick out to you?
1: Man, um, Oh, four. You got to go back and look in 04, right before the 100 meters. They brought us onto the track. They bring you onto the track at a certain time, right? So they keep the schedule going. They brought us onto the track almost 30 minutes before time. So the stadium is full of people, and we're just standing out there. And then all of a sudden they start playing Greek music, and then the crowd's clapping. Rah, rah, rah. So then it feels like you're getting ready for like a heavyweight bout, right? And everyone's like in the, like a small party started going on where everyone's <laughs> cheering and everyone's dancing in the audience.
0: And then they're, everyone's like, shh, 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 quiet down. And
1: now it's time for the start of the 100 meters. It was the best intro ever. Wow, ever seen
0: that's awesome. Are you are you planning on trying out for the or are going for the next Olympics? I know you barely missed this one. I, I believe you you pulled your hammy um, right before. And uh, I was just wondering if, if you're going to be attempting and, and going for the next one as well or. See Sean, so you're
1: trying to you're trying to get those accolades even longer, man. You hey. have to have one of those old age scrolls. I'm here out. to watch
0: you, man. I'm here <laughs> to watch you.
1: No, I don't. I don't know, man. To be honest, I mean, it, it sounds good. You know, what I mean, because it's only three. It's only three three years away. But you know, a, a year in track feels like almost two years. So yeah. it takes a lot out of you because you're traveling. You get off the plane. You got to run in, in seventy-two hours or less, forty-eight hours. I mean, you get to see the world at a young age, but you definitely live out of your
0: suitcase, like yeah. year in, year out. That's tough. That's is the is the hundred meter your favorite race to run in? It depends on what shape I'm in. If I'm in, <laughs> in
1: two hundred meter shape, then I like the two hundred too.
0: <laughs> I believe you started out. Was it in high school doing hurdles? I guess what when did you kind of change? Like obviously going into college. Um, it, it sounds like you kind of converted, but I guess what was the the reasoning behind that?
1: My first adult decision. Um, <laughs> really, it was it was because I was doing hurdles. My high school coach, it was a numbers thing. So, you know, when you do track, you score points and we were over stacked with sprinters. We had like six sprinters. You know, mm-hmm. we could have made we had six to eight sprinters. We could have made two four by one relay teams with the amount of sprinters that we had. But I was the only sprinter that could hurdle. So he put me in the hurdles to to gain an extra 10 points instead of fighting for points in a hundred. So what happened was I became so good at the hurdles. I got a scholarship for running hurdles and those, the coaches in college didn't even know I could sprint. So I begged them to let me sprint and they saw me sprint for the first time. I was like, okay, yeah,
0: this is what you're going to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's too funny.
2: When you, uh, after your sophomore season, you went professional, right? Can you just explain like what that means as a runner? So like in college, you know, you, you probably had practice every day. Is it just practice all day long for you as a professional? Yeah.
1: Mm, Yeah. It's like a nine to five, you know, um, practice starts even now starts at nine o'clock. We we probably finish around noon uh, from all running. And then we go to the gym for another like two hours and then from there, you go into recovery. Recovery can mean acupuncture, massage, cold tub, cryo. That'll last another hour and a half, maybe. Uh, Throwing lunch in there somewhere. So you're really doing almost like a nine to five every day.
2: I was always curious how that, how that works out. You know, like, like I'm saying, like, we, we understand kind of NFL and baseball players, and, you know, they have games and stuff that are scheduled and everything. So practice in between. But for you, like, how often did you do competitions then when you weren't doing the Olympics?
1: Um, so say for instance, like the competitions I have coming up now. So I have a competition on September 3rd and I have a competition on September 5th and then I have a competition on September 14th. Now all three of these competitions are in different countries, not wow. states, not cities, Damn. different countries. So first I had to go to Belgium in Brussels, then I had to fly from Belgium to Italy. Like, like I said, the third to the fifth. So I got to jump on a plane on the fourth, Land on the fourth, get ready, do a shakeout, get ready for the race on the fifth again. Then I have to lay over somewhere and then get ready for the meet on the 14th, which is wow. in Switzerland. So wow. like I said, you're you're bouncing all over the world, but you make great connections, man. You you make you have great memories from around the world. I mean, it's awesome when you're healthy and you're strong and you're like running well, because it's fun. But when yeah. you're not running too good and you're just out there just dragging a bag, man, it sucks.
2: There's so much more to it than people see. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: I mean, everyone thinks that we only run every four years. Yeah. When we actually run every year. We have a circuit, just like like NASCAR, like has a circuit. You know what I mean? Like we have our own circuits called the Diamond League. So you have to go out, run different races around the world, score points. As you score points, you get uh, the top eight get into the final race of the year and when you're in the final race of the year, whoever wins that wins the whole pot.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So do you have like a team that travels with you like a crew?
1: Yeah. I mean, other than my training partners that may, some of them may go to the same race I go to. We have the same coach. We have an assistant coach. Sometimes who will travel with us. We have a therapist that'll go with us. We have an agent. So everyone has their job. Obviously the coach gets you ready. We get ready. We run, uh, the agent does the technical meetings. The technical meetings mean like you, they all go, the agents all go into a room and they pretty much kind of like bicker back and forth about what lane you're going to get, why you should get this lane. It's all about strategy. Wow. You know what I mean? Cause you want to make sure that you're in the best position. You know, if you're a top athlete, you don't want lane one or lane eight. You, you're away from the race. You know, you want to be in the middle of the race where you can feel all the energy and you can feel your top competitors.
0: Wow. Do, have you had the same, Coach your entire career. I guess how many have you had? No, man. I've had at least uh
1: I would say about maybe five or six throughout oh, my I career. I okay. mean, I've been around for almost 20 years. So yeah. that would yeah, be yeah. amazing. I, that's what I was
0: gonna say. I'm like, I'm like just having one coach, I'm like, that would be absolutely incredible. But
1: <laughs> no, the coach I'm with now has been the best coach I've had thus far. You know what I mean? Um when you connect with a coach, and he and he ran as well. Dennis Mitchell ran uh professional professionally as a sprinter as well. So he understands what it has when it comes to the pressures, when it comes to the psyche of getting on the line, when it comes to getting your competitor's head. We've gone through different race strategies, we're racing against Asafa, Tyson, uh, Usain Bolt. So we get there and we think about what our strategy is gonna be, how we need to execute our race and what is gonna be successful for us in our race pattern. And usually nine times 10, it's pretty successful.
2: Okay. That's interesting. So what's your mentality when you, when you run, what are you running from? You got something behind you chasing you or what, what are you, what are you thinking about?
1: When you are, all right, there's sort of levels to it. So the bottom level is I'm running to keep my lights on. Right. So there's a lot of runners out there. Seriously. There's a lot of runners out there who are running paycheck to paycheck, you know, or have, or they have an opposite, or they also have a, a job that they have to like a regular job. And then you have the next level where it's guys who have a contract, but they're just trying to get into the big races. You know what I mean? They're knocking on the door. So they got to bust a good time. Then you got a level of the athletes who are competing four or five athletes who are usually in the bunch. They're, they're the ones competing jockeying for position from first, second, third. And then you have the elite athletes. When you get to elite athletes, you're just racing against the clock, man. You're just racing against the clock. And when you're racing, when I'm, when I'm usually running, I'm not necessarily running from something, it's more of a check and balance. So I'm thinking about getting off the blocks. I'm thinking about uh, executing my drive phase. I'm thinking about coming out of my drive phase ferociously. I'm thinking about doing a side check really quick with my eyes, making sure where I see my competitors at. I'm maintaining my form going down the track. And if someone's challenging me, I make sure that I I keep the the foot on the pedal and then diving for the line or like leaning for the line. Or either if there's no one around me, do a little showboat here or there um but it, it can be different some people some people race to get in front and just like you said like a dog's chasing or like that but for me it's always been running my race execute my race but my psyche before the race is straight kill mode warrior mode i'm trying to take everyone's heads off
0: have i w- when i was watching the olympics this year i saw some people like jump like off the blocks and then get DQ'd and then they're just done. Like, did that ever cross your mind going up to the blocks when you're getting ready? And like, I just feel like that'd be so devastating to work so hard. And then do that. Like, does that ever go through your head when you're getting ready? Like, obviously you're in kill mode. I would, I would hope it doesn't, but I just want to hear from you. (laughs)
1: Uh, when you're not ready, you think about it.
0: Yeah. I might fall. start. I might fall. Start today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, but at the same time, um, when you're ready, you don't have to think about that. You're so confident. You know, you know that you can just when the gun goes off, you're gonna react, you're gonna do well. You're gonna be with the pack or in front of the pack. Yeah. Um, it sucks for those guys who jump at the Olympics.
0: Yeah, they're
1: in the finals and they false start. All that yeah. hard work
0: is just gone down the drain. And yeah. you're only mm-hmm.
1: five minutes or five <laughs> seconds of fame is your false start and then you gotta walk off the track.
0: Yeah, I was I was also confused. I'm pretty sure the Olympics just makes things up because I was watching one race and the person jumped and they DQ'd and then there was another one and this this uh woman jumped and then they let her get back on the blocks and go. She finished dead last, she was not even close, but still they let her run again. I was like, that's kind of weird because the other dude you kicked off the track. So I I I was I guess maybe there's different rules and stuff, but I'm like, I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's it's rules on top of rules. So what yeah. happens is <laughs> There's a sensor on the pad, right? Uh, so if, if you watch closely, there's a cord that leads from the starting blocks. So it's a sensor and there's a microphone. The microphone has the gun, the, the sound of the gun. That's where the microphone is for. The sensor is the weight that you put on the pad. If you move off the pad just a little bit, then the sensor will go off. It's like uh, a booby uh, trap in a way. Uh, okay. so, but sometimes what happens is you can fight that, which probably the girl fought it. She was like, my foot moved but my yeah. hands didn't come off the
0: line uh, if your hands
1: will come off the line it doesn't mean that you really fall start.
0: uh it was also pouring rain so i was like i didn't know if that if weather ever matters too but i'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm guessing it's that
2: but yeah that's, that's interesting I'm, I'm I'm i never knew that you brought that up is how different is outdoor versus indoor running justin
1: uh shorter uh is <laughs> way shorter it's 60 meters um it's all about speed it's all about getting up the block first and just holding and maintaining outdoor you got the elements you got tailwinds headwinds um you got the sun you got the rain so i mean i like all that stuff because it kind of brings an, a kind of like a layer to the element you know what i mean of your competition um pouring rain it makes you feel like you're a warrior out there in the pouring rain you're just gonna get the job done but I, I prefer outdoor than over
0: indoor okay speaking of wind drew i think you have another question related to that with,
2: with justin and all of his fans that he that he has oh. I I yeah i do justin i i actually think you hold the world record for the fastest run i saw it on a japanese uh (laughs) tv show can you tell us about that
1: i do i hold the world record under uh under any condition (laughs) that's what it's called that's technically what it's called under any condition i hold the world record
0: that is a nine
1: i ran nine four five um it was uh are you guys familiar with like those uh the boats they have in the swamp yeah so the fan boats yeah. So I don't we're in Japan. I have no idea where they got this fan boat from. <laughs> they must have ordered from the Everglades, but they put this big old fan boat behind me and they backed it up and they turned it on. The fan is like hurricane, like almost like hurricane category one win. Right. <laughs> and it's it's like a regular race starters right there with a pistol shoot it off. And they're like I feel like I'm just running down the track and they lined the track up with like all these different little fans that you would keep in your house to keep me going down the track so the first attempt the first attempt i tied i tied um usain's record of like nine nine five eight and it was like and it was like no we can't have that we can't have that we we need you to go faster so i had to go back do it again then i ran nine four five
0: wow nuts that is yeah, I, I saw the video and I was just cracking up because there was literally just house fans next to you as you're running. <laughs> it's just too funny to watch. Hey, it must have been I felt so a awkward,
1: man. Like, I, felt, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to celebrate afterwards. Had a little clock there. i just about a little clock. I'm like, hey,
0: family. Yeah, you you uh, went home celebrating with your 2 million
2: yen that they paid you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Justin, uh, I love seeing athletes try other sports. Uh, Can you just tell us about your tryouts for the NFL and how that went down?
1: Man, um, I loved it. You know, um, it gave me a different respect for football players. Not that I didn't have respect at all, but it showed me, like, their work ethic, showed me also the politics on their side. You know what I mean? Um, I literally trained as a wide receiver. Um, in high school, I played free safety, so I knew nothing about wide receiver except how to cover them, right? So <laughs> I had to learn the route tree. I had to learn how to be able to get in and out of cuts. How I had to really look like a wide receiver. Um, went to pro day, did the pro day. I, I went to a couple of private tryouts with um, the Cardinals, Tennessee Titans, and um, the New Orleans Saints were the first ones. And I remember jumping off of I was for the Saints I remember that they gave me my first shot I was on a plane leaving Pensacola which only like two hour drive so it was only like a 45 minute flight something like that it was crazy and I remember we were stuck on the tarmac I was going to miss my flight or it was going to be canceled or something like that delayed so I was like nope jumped off the plane jumped in my car at, at the airport drove all the way to New Orleans that was like right after Hurricane Katrina like semi trucks were sitting on cinder blocks
2: Damn.
1: um wow. so I get to the facility, I warm up, Sean Payton comes out himself. He said, I'm going to train you today. He said, I'm like, whoa, okay. (laughs) So then he takes me through a series of drills and everything. So then after that, um, he says, all right, man, go put some cleats on. I go in the locker room, Reggie Bush is in there. So I'm standing right next to Reggie Bush, putting my cleats on. He's like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So then I go back onto the field, get ready to go. He's like, all right, you're going to get some passes thrown to you. All right. So I'm thinking, you know, when you do practice like that, it's gonna be like third string, practice squad, quarterback. Drew Brees comes out the facility with ball in hand. And he's out there, I'm out there playing catch with Drew Brees while Sean Payton's watching. After that, I was like, I'm a fan
0: for life. Oh my
1: god. I'm a fan for life.
0: That's amazing. That's Did really you drop cool. any.
2: Huh? Did you drop any?
1: I drop one. I
0: drop oh. one. I drop, I drop the one you shouldn't drop. The go (laughs) route? The go route. The go go (laughs) route. That's what they wanted you for. They said he's got all his speed. Give him the go route. Let's see it. Give him the go route. Yeah. (laughs) So you you were saying that there's obviously like politics, and I'm sure they had some sort of bias. Like, do you do you truly believe like you should have been on a roster, at least given more of a shot than than I guess some of those teams did?
1: Um that was actually that was a decision of mine. Um I was actually on the um um I was on the uh, mini camp with the Buccaneers. Okay. So when Gruden was there and um, I was out there running routes, doing what I do, go out to practice two a days, doing it, doing it just like a real football player would do. It. Um, and I decided, I was like, man, cause I was staying up to like two o'clock in the morning while my, my roommate was going to sleep at like 10 o'clock.
2: No. So I'm
1: up like reading these plays. Like they gave us like, they gave us a playbook like this thick. So, you know, everyone knows in mini camp it's all about, if they can break you or not mentally, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm, and when I was practicing being a wide receiver, no one taught me how to read plays. So I'm out here not reading any these plays, just running these routes, looking like a receiver, but not really getting educated like a receiver should. Uh, so I, I read, <laughs> we had at least 10 routes to learn a day. So I, I kind of retained five and I was like, well, I'm just going to F up the next five. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna learn I'll learn them tomorrow. And then the next day after that, they gave us another 10 plays to learn. So I was like, man. So I, I remember laying in bed one night and thinking, bro, like, why am I trying to be something that I'm not? Respect me. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, I know I could do it if I if I put my time and my effort into it, but I'm always gonna be kind of looked at side eyed or denied and be like, what's this track runner doing out here? Yeah. So I said, I need to go back to where I once was a king and be able to claim my throne again. So that's what I did.
0: That's awesome. Um, on a on kind of a serious note, what is your opinion of the the Shikari uh Richardson suspension from the Olympics this year?
1: Oh man, uh that's a tough one, man. I'm biased. I train with her. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) I train with her. Um, I know we all make mistakes, you know. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way, you know. Um, in that situation, I think that um these young athletes like herself were dealing with a lot of pressures that the, the media and the, and the world didn't know. She lost her mom like less than a week before that. And um, I just remember being by her side and she is, you've seen her in action yeah. on the track and you've, you hear her, you hear her talk. She, she's tough. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but I mean, everyone gets broken here, here and there. You know what I mean? I think that she had a, a weak moment. And she learned from it. She, she put a big girl panties on. She knew what time it was. She didn't try to fight it. She said, I did it and I'm going to sit out. It was the hardest decision that she had to like swallow looking at the Olympics with those girls winning medals and she wasn't there. But I think that it kind of gave her a a clearer um, view of how serious she needs to take her career and how important she is to the United
2: States. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I I agree. Yeah. I mean, Obviously there's rules in place for a reason, but I'm like, I mean, in, in our minds, I think we all agree. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty silly. Like at this point of, of what she got suspended for. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty silly to look at, but I'm like, I understand that there's rules and it was, it was awesome to see her just own it. Like you said, and then just move yeah. on and let's go on to the next thing. Yeah.
1: And then you mean, to the outside world. You guys look in, you're like, what, what? Yeah. Like, you know, you, that was me just yesterday. Like a yeah. lot of people were like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> some people are like, I'm high right now. Yeah. I like, this news. But I think that, you know, um, times need to change in a way when it comes to certain type of rules, you know what I mean? Across the board. I mean, obviously, you just can't make rules for every sport the same way. And obviously the NFL has changed their rules when it comes to those kind of things. But, you know, the rules are the rules in certain situations. Um, I think with the, um, the followers that she has, the uh, influence that she has i think you'll see a change in our ruling system like in the next year or two or less because you know these are things that really can't happen you know it, it generates buzz but it generates buzz in a bad way
2: yeah so justin do you want to expand it all on what happened in your career with that you know obviously the the doping scandals and all that. Do you have anything to say about that? I don't mean to pressure you. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. No, man, I mean, it was at a a
1: point in time in my career where I couldn't talk about it, like physically or emotionally talk about it, you know? But for me now, um, it definitely was, I've I've always stood by my story. You know what I'm saying? I never did anything knowingly. Um, I came back into the sport to prove a point to the world and to myself that I'm a clean athlete. Uh, I came back stronger and faster, I worked harder, you know what I mean? Um, But also I think that it's the people that you're around. You know, at the age of 21, I surrounded myself with people who I shouldn't have probably surrounded myself with. And in that situation, you know, misery loves company, birds of a feather flock together, all those kind of things kind of just rolled into one. And I had to learn a lesson from that, the, the real hard way. I was away from my sport for four years. I didn't collect a check of any kind for, for almost half a decade. Um, so, you know, if, if that's not punishment itself, and then coming back into the sport um, I was blackballed. I couldn't run on the circuit, you know what I mean? Diamond leagues, a lot of people were shunning me. Um, it just so happens that the sport is all about results. So once I started running good again and I started beating on that door physically with my performance, you know, the door cracked open. I just kicked that shit wide open. And I came back into the sport.
2: Oh, yeah. I wanted to thank you because we, we're all 30 now and you gave me a lot of hope. So thank you. Oh, yeah. getting old, man. Yeah. Um, I
1: appreciate it, man. I, That's what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for us, man.
0: <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I run 20 feet and my whole body
2: hurts. So <laughs> proxy to you. Yeah, damn. <laughs> uh, Justin, I wanted to ask you. So as an Olympian, when you win silver or bronze, what's that feeling like? Is it like a first, if you're not first, your last mentality, or are you really proud of yourself for, for getting that position?
1: Oh, I'm always proud of myself. You know what I mean? Um, Cause it's, it's the effort you put out there, you know? Um, my best may not be the best in the world at that point in time, but at least my best is what it is. So I never want to come across the line and say, man, you know what? I could have did better or man, you know, why am I even here? You know, I know that once I step on the track, I'm going to give it my all. Even through my my career, I want to go through my career to the point where I just tap out my talent. I want to take my shoes off, put them on the edge of the track and say I'm done. Um, So for me, you know, getting a silver or a bronze or coming up from behind, you know, Usain, it was never one of those things where um, I felt like I shortchanged myself or I let my fans down or I didn't think I was worthy enough. Only one time in 2015, World Championships, I let myself down. That was my probably bar none, my best year ever. I ran the most nine sevens in history, even more than Usain. And I got to the finals and I just laid the egg, bro. Like I let him beat me at the, at the line. And instead of, instead of really competing, I tried to race. And there's a difference. When you race, you try to do everything to get to the line. So you're fighting yourself, you're fighting your technique. And for me, it was, if I just stayed calm and ran my race, the time I ran in the semis to get to the finals, would have beat him in the finals, hands down.
2: Wow. So
1: I just remember crying like a baby, man, just after that race. And I just told myself, never again, that I'll allow myself to, to beat myself when I need to be on that stage. So the next world championships, I came back, I beat Usain in 2017, and I got the world title.
0: That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, congrats, Wow. congrats, man. I, I just got goosebumps listening to that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, well, when I had first reached out to you, I, I know you had mentioned, like, I, I believe you're doing some other, like, are you doing like other business ventures and getting into some other stuff now that, I mean, you're not ramping down obviously from racing, but are you starting to look into those different business, like decisions and things after, after you're done or.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm putting my irons in the fire for different things. You know, when you, when you're an athlete there's two time athletes, the athletes who love to be able to get out there and just. Do different endorsements, do different sponsors. They like that attention. Yeah. And there's athletes who are kind of just dialed in and just want to work on what, what their craft is, and get the accolades when they come afterwards. I've always been that dialed in athlete. Um, for me now, you know, towards the end of my career, I'm really um, appreciating the sponsorships that I get. You know, I'm working with a company out of Switzerland who uh, does watches, and um, they're doing a great job over there about vintage. I'm a, I'm able to make my own watch. And be able to have uh, it's, it's sporty but casual at the same time. So, we're gonna be able to launch that soon. Nice. I'm working on a documentary, um, my documentary for myself. I'm nice. also working on a documentary that's going to include Shakari and another athlete. It's called Se- uh, Seconds to Success. So, it's gonna be a point of view, three point of view, where you're gonna watch someone who's like Sha'Carri, who's rising just fast, probably faster than she realizes. And then you're gonna see someone who's like myself, who's a veteran. Who knows the tricks of the trade, and then you have that one athlete who's just on the grind, who's been there for a little while, but he needs to make sure he he stays dialed in and focused, so then one day he can blow up as well to that level. So um, obviously, my my documentary is going to, you know, talk about my life from beginning to end from my point of view because I never really talked about it. Um, and then I'm working on actually putting together a race series which is all going to be on, um, cross your fingers, uh, racetracks, like Formula One racetracks, Porsche racetracks. We're going to lay down rubber. We're going to lay down rubber and Mondo so athletes can be able to run on and compete on it, and afterwards you can be able to test race cars out there as well. so which i'm trying to do a big man i'm trying to change the game a little bit here.
0: well at the uh during that documentary if you need any of our footage just let me know feel free to use it <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding awesome 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 we gotta, we gotta plug you i love it i love it that's too funny um well I, I guess drew cody you guys got anything else cody you haven't said anything this entire time i asked you, two you questions have oh yeah that's burned true. Out that's over true. Here. It's,
2: it's not Justin. it's me um <laughs> Besides winning all the golds and all the glory, there, you got any good stories from the Olympic Village that uh, you like sharing,
1: <laughs> bro? Uh, I'll try. Let me let me try to keep it uh PG. Let me see PG. I mean, you, you don't have to. We can, we, we can, we cut can cut cut,
0: You can tell us a good one. We can cut it
1: out. alright Let's. I'll just. I'll kind of. I'll kind of cover those ones. Those whatever you hear that the articles write is true. There's Fish yeah. bowls, big fish bowls, full of condoms in the beginning of the village, <laughs> and by the end of the village, it's empty. Is before the village before the Olympics is done is empty.
2: Like wow. seriously. Yeah. Um,
1: and beside them refilling it too. So
2: wow. <laughs> but it's all but, adjusted. Um,
1: but I mean, <laughs> you, but this is the pinnacle of a lot of athletes, you know. So you you could imagine like these athletes have been so disciplined for, for years. Um, not just that, just not just that year of the Olympics, but for years. And when they finish, win or lose. They want to let loose. Some of them haven't, drank in, haven't even drank a drink in over a year. They haven't partied, gone out in over a year. You know, so the moment that they're done, you are surrounded by people who are just like you, who are ready to yeah. party, ready to drink, and ready to have some fun, yeah, you know? Awesome. So it's all, any stories that you hear, is all mm-hmm. true stories. <laughs> um, I remember one story, Michael Phelps was sitting on a bench, and he was just sitting there like this, like... And... People were coming up and just taking selfies with him, not even asking him. They would just come up next to him. And be like, so that that was one story. Um, hanging out with the basketball players in 04. they was on. They were staying on a cruise ship, and they were just getting wasted and drunk, man, the whole time. <laughs> you know, but Love it. Uh, most who, who was, stories, the, who was the
0: most drunk from the, on the team? Who do you remember, Dirk?
1: Uh, <laughs> probably probably ai yeah <laughs> <AI?
0: laughs> nice. i can see oh, that yeah, for sure. i can see that for sure that's funny um god there's something i was gonna ask about that oh yeah and i'm sure like if an accident happens at the olympics you know and somebody gets knocked up like at least it's gonna be with somebody athletic like you're not making a huge mistake right
1: <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have a super baby you're you have have a super you're gonna you have a soccer Olympia. basketball playing baby who can run track <laughs> And swim very well, too.
2: Oh, man. It's a Not lot of different there. people on that one.
1: <laughs> you don't know. When the lights are off, you don't know what's Oh,
2: happening. man. <laughs> those cardboard beds this year didn't stand a chance.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They said that they were putting those in to stop people. I'm like, that's going to stop people? I'm like, that's the only place to, to have some fun? I'm like, it's it just. Weight
1: distribution, man. You got to put at least two or three of them together and lay across them sideways. <laughs> now, now you're good.
0: You're That'll good.
2: work. That'll do it.
0: Um, you guys got anything else? Otherwise we have two little quick, like uh, little fun games at the end here. If you don't mind they're, they're nothing too crazy. Uh, if you guys don't have anything, I'll jump into the first one. Um, it's, it's like either ors. Um, so the first one is beer or wine beer, beer. I want to, okay. I want to stay awake. Ah, I <laughs> like it. I like it. Do you like, do you, do you like IPAs or like regular domestic stuff or what, what, what do you drink? Bro, I'm an athlete. I'm just going to drink anything. Anything is going to get me there. <laughs> He's going to drink
2: it fast, too.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right? That's why I don't drink wine like that, because you got to drink it slow. Yes, I'm, I'm, it...
0: I'm done already. Get it over with. Um, brats or burgers?
1: Oh, man. You can't turn on a good brat, man. Oh. You know, you can get a burger anywhere, but a good brat, that's hard to come by.
0: I love it. Yeah. Respect that. Come to Milwaukee anytime for those. Uh, that's where we're at. So. <laughs> I'm down. Um. Winning a race by a landslide or winning in a photo finish?
1: Photo finish. Always going to be epic, man. I love always going to be epic. You know, because it. it's going to show this, that photo finish is going to tell so many
0: different stories. That's a great point. True. Um, what's your favorite movie? Uh, I used to watch
1: Gladiator before every race.
0: Okay. That's all so
1: I have to say. I'm about to say Gladiator or 300.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh, your favorite food? i love it i love it hey you're the perfect guy to have on this podcast brats and beers baby i love it that's right that's right um do you have a nickname
1: um everyone calls me gat
0: yeah so uh, okay
1: so usually yeah everyone calls me gat everyone calls me or they call me jg
0: okay gat's a badass nickname i like that i'm going with gat then (laughs) um you've obviously traveled to a ton of places like if you can give me your favorite place that you've been, and then if there's a place that you haven't been that you're looking to go to. Uh,
1: would love to go to Australia. Haven't been. Okay. And favorite place is Amsterdam.
0: Okay. You know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like I, Olympic village there. All I was going to say, I don't <laughs> to ask why. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so many reasons. So many reasons. Ah, i
0: love it it's the scenery right it's just it's, it's the scenery, just beautiful man. yeah it's a scenery the cafes are lovely too <laughs> uh do you have a favorite uh instagram or twitter account that you follow
1: oh man um i'm about to go with it. right now my favorite is Bobby she Oh Bobby Shakare It's probably my favorite to, to watch okay. she you never even though i see her every day i never know what she's gonna say yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um, what's your favorite number? Number five. Five. Okay. Any reason or just drawn to it? Yeah. Just drawn to
1: it, man. Yeah. Coincidentally, five medals. That was just a coincidence. Yeah. Man. Just, I'm just drawn to number five.
0: Love
2: it. You should like six. Six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, my you next should. one, <laughs> right?
1: There we go. No, but at the same time, um, I used to get lane three. Lane three is my favorite lane when I do the hundred.
0: Okay.
1: For one year, I was doing lane three all the time. And all my competitors couldn't figure out why, but it actually was just to the drive them crazy. That's it. So everyone would start fighting over lane three.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Getting their heads, getting their heads. Get Get the, their head, starts. Head. Um, the last one in this one, um, how many Krispy Kreme donuts do you think you could eat in an hour? Well, I could eat a dozen in like
1: 10 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> um, I mean, we're gonna we're just gonna up the ante and talk about how many boxes can I eat now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey,
0: I'm here for it. I, w- I want to hear, it. and then we're gonna have a Krispy Kreme challenge, and you're gonna join us. <laughs> all right, so so if I haven't ate all day,
1: and I've had sweets in a week, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy at least two and a half boxes.
0: I love. Oh, yeah. okay, I like it. Do you know who uh, Georgia Ellenwood is? She's a Canadian um, heptathlete. i not sure yeah. if you're f- familiar. So. Yeah. So she, we had her on here. She said she could eat like 36 or something. And she's a small girl. I was like, that is a lot of donuts.
1: I, hey, I believe her. <laughs> when you were, when you were heptoply, you can do anything, man. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: that's true. That's um, true. All right. Well, we have one more quick game. This should be a pretty quick and easy game for you. Um, quick is my thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I called it Medal of Honor. We could probably call it, many different things but um it's basically olympic olympic theme trivia essentially okay Okay. so all the answers will be olympians um the first question is this jamaican sprinter grew up playing cricket and football in the streets and later went on to run a 9.58 meter dash in
1: 2009 oh man um what's that guy's name uh (laughs) um vault no bolt usain
0: bolt yeah <laughs> i still don't know you saying you're right about. never oh, even yeah. i don't even i had to google it i had no idea never <laughs> never heard of him in some circles
1: we call him dj ball he loved to party man
0: uh, oh god yeah, i can yeah. see that um this american sprinter won four olympic gold medals between 1992 and 2000 and was known for his stiff upright running position and very short steps I'm going to go with Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson is right. There we go. Gold shoes. I didn't know. I saw that he actually recently suffered a stroke, but I I, I guess he's 100% now, right?
1: I, I, yeah, he, he did, actually. I, I guess he's good. He's, he's back That's crazy. So that's yeah. crazy.
0: Anyways, um, number three. This American sprinter won her 11th Olympic medal at the last Olympics, which made her the most decorated Olympic sprinter over Carl Lewis. We're going to go with Allison Felix. Allison Felix is right. Um, this this American swimmer won twelve Olympic gold medals during his his career and was also held at gunpoint in Rio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
1: go. With, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the good guy Ryan Lock. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to call you out, Ryan. I'm, I was just I was just asking a the question. It was trivia. Um, <laughs> We got two more here. Uh, this former Olympic sprinter has dual citizenship in Belize and the U.S. and also played professional basketball with the Tulsa Shock in the WNBA. Please. you have, ooh, you got me. Am I going to stump you on one?
1: What? What year? What year? You said? What year's uh, There Olympics? were there uh-huh. were
0: no years. No years. Just. <sighs> Dual citizenship in Belize and the US, and played professional basketball with the Tulsa Shock, too. And God, I hope Wikipedia is right. <laughs> I'm not sure. Marion jo- Jones. Marion Jones. Oh. Marion Jones. I never knew she played basketball. That was. <laughs> I never followed her basketball career. You lost me on that one. I had I had no idea. I I I'd even I don't even know how long I knew, it was. She, I knew
1: she was Belize, but I was like, Tulsa shock.
0: <laughs> uh, we might have to do some extra research outside of Wikipedia on that to make sure that's right. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one here: this American sprinter has appeared on the popular Spike TV show *Pros vs. Joes, <laughs> and attended the University of Tennessee. Peyton Manning. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> myself justin gatlin oh, man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was it like to be on uh be on that show i'm pros versus just? i used to watch that all the time as a kid so i'm just curious
1: totally different what you see on television so yeah. i mean i know i did a lot of trash talking on there but yeah when, when the cameras weren't rolling, everyone was so nice to each other, man. Even the Joes, they were, like, so nice. <laughs> and then, like, when you start rolling, it was like, all right, man, y'all talk more trash, talk more trash, talk more trash.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: that they separated us. And then, like, if, if, like, the coffee guy came over and started whispering, like, stuff like, hey, man, they're talking about you in there. And then go back over there, hey, man, you Joes, they can't do nothing to you, Joes, man. You know, if they if they, they kind of, like, drummed it up a little bit, I think oh, it would yeah. have been better. That's but funny. it was... It, it was a great experience actually man i met some of my idols you know i met dominique who i still stay in touch with um really cool. obviously herschel walker you know dutch yeah. dalton um so they're all like superstars to me
0: that's awesome that's yeah. awesome well thank you so much for joining us tonight you're still jacked as ever you're looking great dude so um i got
1: two more races to go yeah, man and I'm just take taking- taking
0: them out <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll be cheering you on man good luck at appreciate your upcoming it. races and uh and yeah let's stay in touch we'd love to have you on again anytime but uh we appreciate you joining us uh uh tonight thank you so much appreciate Thanks, it guys. Justin.
1: Have, have a beer for me
0: will Ooh. do have a go with justin we'll have two <laughs> <laughs> see ya all right
1: guys peace